1: This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready.
0: I feel like we should play the Jeopardy theme, but no, we can't, so,
2: but let's play a little Jeopardy sort of, sort of. Well, everyone, I'm sure, now you said that's probably they listening just to it. your head. That's there. right, do, yeah. do, do, there you do, go, do, do. Yeah. yep, that's the final Jeopardy. It's the final Jeopardy, that's true, <laughs> uh, let's
0: put ourselves in some financial Jeopardy and talk about it, we know how it works, right, you read the answer, um, you respond in the form of a question, okay, yep. so um, right. I'm going to let you do that, uh, the only difference with this version is that, you know, you just kind of have to give us an explanation, unlike the show, okay? Okay.
2: I right, yeah, so, they don't want you to talk much on the show. Nah, not too much, right? yeah, That's on, yeah. that's for
0: Alex to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll give the I'll give the answer, then you give the question and explain it. Here we go. Uh, a little financial jeopardy with Eric Peterson. Answer first one here. Known by man for its high fees and broken promises, this financial product has given a bad name to
2: some of its cousins. Ah, uh, that would be what is a variable annuity. Ding ding
0: ding. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Was that that was now, that for 100, right?
2: Yep, the cousins. Um, you know, there's the fixed annuity, and then there's the fixed index annuity, and there's also the immediate annuity. So they all have that last name, kind of like if they had the, uh, the Hatfield and the McCoys, right? There Those you go. two famous families. So right. it's a, they're in the same family because annuities have to be issued by insurance companies. They're the ones that issue them, and so a fixed annuity is going to be a fixed interest rate the insurance company declares, kind of like a CD at the bank, right? They tell you, okay, we're going to pay you three percent for five years, something like that. Okay. An immediate annuity is if you give the insurance company some money and they say, okay, we're going to pay you a pension-style payment, okay, $100 a month for the rest of your life, something like that. A fixed index annuity is the one that we talk about where you know the insurance company said declaring the fixed interest rate they're going to pay you, they're taking that interest and they're using it underneath to buy options on the stock market. If the options work out, they give you some of that. If the options don't work out, you get a zero. The variable annuity, it's actually – the money's not with the insurance company. It's actually in investments. They call them separate accounts, but they're basically mutual funds. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. So they're mutual funds. They're pooled investments. Now, what they give you is they give you the stock market opportunity, which people want, but they can also play some guarantees around income and death benefits and those kinds of things. So they sound, they sound very appealing. Who doesn't want the market or 6% growth or something like that? You just got to read the fine print. And most of the prospectuses on these things are about 350 pages long. And they don't give them to you anymore. They give it; they say go to the website or they put it on a memory stick or something like that now. So you ever been to the Wisconsin Dells, Mark? Uh, boy, a long time ago. Okay. Well, there's this famous thing there called a duck boat, right? Right, right. Okay. So a duck boat is a World War II vehicle. Um, it's a troop carrier. It operates on land. And then it can go into the water and they change the gear and the propeller starts to turn it and it drives like a boat, okay? So it operates in two environments, land and water. Not efficient in either one because on land, I think it gets four miles to the gallon. It's very clunky. And in the water, it's slow. I think it actually gets passed by real ducks, you know, if they if they paddle fast enough. That's what a variable nudity tries to do. It tries to operate in the world of income and the world of growth. It's just not efficient in either world. So if you want growth, go growth. If you want income, look for things that are more efficient in the income world. But because of its high fees, high expenses and losses that it can incur, it gives a bad name to the other cousin. So people think annuity, they think all the same. Even that big you know, person that advertises all over the internet, you know, if I hate annuities and you should too. Well, that's what he's talking about. They're talking about variable annuities. You know, they don't, say, like, let's say they're brothers, let's say they're Hatfields, but you got one brother that's good, Jeb, and the other one that's bad, that's, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, I'm not like the rest, I Ezra. swear. Yeah. Maybe Ezra's the bad one, Jeb's yeah. the good one, yeah. but because of what Ezra does, you blame Jeb. So same thing. Yeah, Yeah. I swear (laughs) I'm not like my cousins. There you go. All right. Right. So
0: good job. So that was for a hundred. Let's take financial for uh, for two hundred. All right. So the this requires a financial advisor to put his client's best interest before his or her own. Unfortunately, not all financial professionals are governed by it.
2: What is the fiduciary standard? Okay. So the fiduciary standard means just that. The advisor has to put the client's interest ahead of their own, and they have to disclose conflicts of interest. Now, that does not mean that a fiduciary will have a better rate of return than somebody that's in the world of suitability, which means they have to prove that's suitable for you. But if you're trying to find somebody that you think is going to be in your corner, which is what you want when you have an advisor, right? You want them to be on your side – not working against you. And so the world of suitability, they don't have to disclose it. They say, hey, I recommend this product, and the reason I recommend it is because I get more kickback if I recommend it. That just seems to tarnish the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus a fiduciary it's gonna say, hey, well, I guess an easier way to describe this is, someone put this out years ago, it's pretty brilliant. It's a di- difference between a dietitian and a butcher. So if you went to the butcher, right, this would be the world of suitability. You're gonna say, "Hey, what's good?" They're going to tell, "Oh, we got all this great, you know, we got some good chops in, we got the steak it's over all good. here. Right. Everything's good." That's right, right? He's not going to tell you, "Hey, you're looking a little thick around the middle. Maybe you should get a piece of fish." <laughs> right? Where the dietitian's going <laughs> to take your labs, take your measurements, and they're going to say, "Hey, eat more fish or eat more chicken." Right? They're telling you what's in your best interest, not just what's most tasty. Right, Okay, right. And so that's the difference between the fiduciary and the broker. Is the dietitian and the butcher?
0: Yeah, I can't think. Of, I can't think of the butcher thing without the Tommy Boy scene, though. That's the <laughs> el- that's, but we won't do that I, on yeah, the radio. Good look
2: at a T-bone, by <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. yeah. If you don't know that scene, folks, go check it out. Tommy Boy and <laughs> the uh, T-bone scene, the butcher scene. All right. So very good. You're doing very well on the Jeopardy here, as we expected you would. And of course, if you've got some questions, get on Eric's calendar. Uh, if you're worried about being in some financial jeopardy of your own, reach out to him at five one five two two six fifteen hundred. Next one here. This fine financial phenomenon, Eric, is thought by some to be imminent and by others to be far off in the distance. But there's no denying that it will eventually return.
2: And that is, what is a market correction? Ding, ding. You got it. Yep. So corrections happen. And economists have predicted, um, I think, 10 out of the last four. So they're always going to predict a correction. And there's always going to be corrections. There's always going to be ebb and flows to the market. Um, It's just the nature of it. And so because... Everything is kind of forward price. When you're you're looking at a value of a stock today, that price the analysts have dictated, okay, based on future earnings. Well, the future hasn't occurred yet, so some things can change that, right? Like let's say we have a shutdown of our total economy. That impacts a stock price, doesn't it? Let's say they uh, have labor disputes or uh, they have – A launch of a bad product or there's regulatory that can come into that, right? What if all of a sudden Congress passes a law and what they do is now illegal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a change to this stock price based on what's happening in the future, which hasn't occurred yet. So it's always going to happen. The key to success in the market is being able to weather these corrections by not having to sell those and lock in the losses. And then when they are up, you should do the smart thing and maybe protect some of those gains. So there's always going to be an ebb and flow. But if you look at the long-term trend of a stock market, it's always up. But if you look at it granularly, you know, on, a, on a day-by-day tick or week-by-week, there's some negativity, kind of like an EKG chart. If you look long-term, it looks like a mountain. So the key to success in stocks is not being scared out of them when the correction does occur. All right. And that's having a plan which addresses that.
0: And you're doing very well on a Financial Jeopardy again, as to be expected. Uh, this one, next one here for you, Eric. Mandated by the IRS, this forces retirees to drain their retirement accounts, whether they want to or not.
2: What are required minimum distributions? That is correct. And actually, you can. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be retirees anymore. It could be beneficiaries. Beneficiaries of a parent's account. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they're forced to take that money out as well. But they're required to drain it all by the 10th year. Um, What the requirement of distribution is, is when you reach age 72 now, um, it's been updated due to the SECURE Act, is that you have to take the value of all of your qualified plans. That's going to include 401Ks, IRAs, 403Bs, TSP, KEOs, SEPs, SARSEPs, anything like that. Get a to value it, and then there's a factor, which is your life expectancy. It's actually a joint life expectancy you divide that by, and that produces an amount. And you have to pull that amount, or more, from your IRA by the next year, end of the next year. So, it forces you to take income out, whether you want to or not, and pay tax on it. Right, now, that's the one, point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the government the point wants right their there. tax at yeah. some time in the future. Now, uh, a change of the Secure Act actually helped is that if you are charitable in any way, then you could send some of that RMD, required minimum distribution, to a charity, it has to go from the custodian to the charity. And that is what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So you won't pay tax on what you send to the charity. So let's say your minimum distribution, your RMD is $20,000. And you say, okay, I want 10 to live on, and I'm gonna send 10 to these, these organizations. It can be multiple, could be one. Okay. If the 10,000 goes directly from the custodian to those organizations, you satisfy the twenty thousand required minimum distribution. You only pay tax on the ten that you took. The other ten that you sent to the charity is tax free. Right. And That's you awesome. still get your standard deduction as well. So you can kinda of double dip. So it's been a boon to the uh, to the charities, this uh, change in the SECURE Act. That's it's helped great. them a lot. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and again, all that kind of comes into play when you're talking about putting a strategy and a plan together that we don't necessarily think through initially if we're doing a lot of these things ourselves or we're just kind of thinking, all right, how do I do this, that, or the other in retirement? There's so many little nuances and it's all these different puzzle pieces and how they play together. And that's oh, yeah. the importance of getting a plan.
2: What I'm absolutely shocked by is when we teach these classes and people come in, they take the class and they have financial advisors. They're like, why I have I not known any of this? I'm like, Most financial advisors are there just to sell you financial products. They're not there to really plan. You need to work with a planner, especially one that understands tax. That's us. So if you want to try us out and see how we're different, There's no obligation. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call us.
1: You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500.